Looking for practical information to help you make decisions about your diagnosis, whether DCIS, early or metastatic breast cancer? BCNA's My Journey features articles, webcasts, videos and podcasts about breast cancer during treatment and beyond to help you, your friends and family as you progress through your journey. It also features a symptom tracker to help you manage the changing symptoms you may encounter during your own breast cancer experience. My Journey. Download the app or sign up online at myjourney.org.au. Let's be upfront about breast cancer in men. It's not as common in males, but each year around 165 men in Australia will be diagnosed with the disease. And because breast cancer is largely seen as a women's cancer, men are less likely to get any abnormalities checked out and are often reluctant or embarrassed to talk about their experience. Joining us on this episode of Upfront is radiation oncologist and breast cancer specialist, Professor John Boyages AM and survivor Phil Purnell, who like many men wasn't even aware he could get breast cancer until he was diagnosed at age 63. This episode of Upfront About Breast Cancer is an unscripted conversation with our guests. The topics that we're going to discuss are not intended to replace medical advice nor necessarily represent the full spectrum of experience or clinical opinion. So please exercise some self-care when listening to this podcast as the content may be triggering or upsetting for some. Welcome to you, John and Phil. Phil, can you take us back to when you got that initial diagnosis, what was your reaction? My reaction was really one of shock that I had cancer, uh, rather than the location, though uh, I guess it was rather strange to have a, a female cancer, given or what, what is normally a woman's cancer. Um, on the up- and you weren't aware that you could actually no, get No, I wasn't aware I could cancer. actually get it. Um, but I was also probably not as impacted as a female would be because the breast is not really uh, as important to the male as it is to the female, I guess. Um, and I guess it was just shock of the cancer and weirdness that I had breast cancer. John, it is uncommon for, for men to get breast cancer. Why is that? Look, it's in Australia, it's about three men every week and it's, it's uncommon, I guess, probably because men don't have a lot of breast tissue there. There's some rudimentary tissue. The The breast consists of, uh, in a female uh, and a male, consists of little lobules which um, can produce milk, of course, in a female, and then the, the ducts which carry uh, milk to the nipple. But all these cells are very rudimentary in a male unless they are... Uh, stimulated by it for some reason, perhaps um, because of radiation um, that they may have got as a child, um, very rare these days, or perhaps some uh, hormonal reason, or perhaps um, genetics. Okay, so what role does genetics actually play for for men? Is it more likely to be a genetic type of breast cancer or like with so many of women diagnosed, it's unlikely that they will actually have a genetic link? Yeah, that's a, a really good question, Kelly. Probably 15% of men, so that's about uh, just about one in six, have a first degree relative, that is a, a mother, father, brother, sister, daughter or son with breast cancer. 
And in one large study where they took blood on all men with breast cancer, they found that 12%, that's about one in eight men, um, had the um, uh, the BRCA1, um, sorry, the BRCA2 mutation, which is the most common mutation, gene mutation, and about 1% had the uh, BRCA1 mutation. So it's probably more common to be genetic uh, than in females, particularly the breast cancer uh, 2 gene mutation. And of course, if a man has that mutation, then there's a 50% chance that could be passed on to uh, his children, male or female. And that, yes. can I say, that was one of the things that, um, uh, fearing I might have the BRCA gene, it was one of the things the oncologist uh, arranged straight away to have that gene uh, testing done. And uh, because I've got uh, three sisters and a daughter, and the fear was that if I had the BRCA gene, then that was definitely going to impact on their um, possibility of them having uh, a problem with cancer. So that was a worry as a male. So you did have the No, the I had the felt? testing done and uh, it turns out I don't have the BRCA gene, which is great. Uh, I've agreed to remain uh, in the genetic testing for other um, possible genes that might be causing cancer. So I've re remained as part of the experimental group, if you like. But um, no, so far I don't have the BRCA gene. Okay, so when you were diagnosed, you had stage two breast cancer. What did that mean for you? What was your treatment? Uh, my treatment was to uh, was to have surgery, followed by uh, radiation and oh, chemotherapy and radiation, um, and then uh, hormone uh, drug, uh, tamoxifen, which is a hormone blocker that. So it's the same for women. Uh, now, I had the surgery, and that was uh, quite, uh, I guess it was quite, um, it impacted in a large way because it was quite a large scar that I ended up with. Um, I then... Um, had to go through... So are you saying that it was uh, the physical impact was great or was it the psychological It was the, the physical and the psychological. In my case, the psychological was important because, um, yeah, uh, because I, I did have nodes removed and, uh, and therefore it had moved from the lump that I'd found to those, um, plus uh, I am luckily or unluckily um, a person who's suffered from um, mental health issues in the past and so I was on antidepressants and still are, SLEM, and I think that helped me get through the mental side of it. The physical side of it, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a, I said, it's quite a large operation. Um, even with the plastic film they use now, which is very good, um, you still get fairly well burnt. Um, I think also the fact that you have to travel to get that done if you live in a regional area, as I do, uh, or else stay in a motel somewhere for those several weeks. 
So it really encompasses your whole life. It does, it? it does. It means that every day you've got to go to the hospital and it's going to be a different time every day too because of the way they work things out. So you don't know what time to the day before. Uh, it's only a short period of time to have the radiation treatment, but it's a long period of time in, in getting there and getting back. In my case, it was a 30-minute travel every one way every day or you know, an hour's travel. John, do you find the psycho the psychological impact for men is different to women? I mean, we know that the physical impact is different because, as we've just mentioned, breasts are possibly a, a lot more important to the woman's entire image. But is there a psycho psychological impact in the fact that it actually is more commonly seen as a women's disease. Does that play a part at all, do you think? It, it does in some men. And um, so men aren't good at health stuff at the best of times. Um, you, you know, women are, are far better at going to see the doctor and having screening mammograms. Uh, men um, can um, be self-conscious. In fact, I was going to ask Phil before I answer that question, you, you know, you said you found the lump. Was that lump there for a long time or did you? Well, I don't really know because I, I had an itch around the area of the nipple for quite a long time and it was worrying me, but I didn't feel anything to one long weekend at the start of this year and I was reclining watching TV and I was scratching around the area felt this hard lump and it seemed quite large so I went over to the other side and there was a small lump over there but nowhere near the size of the one on the on my uh, right breast mm. and um, I thought oh yeah no what is it I don't know I, I know I'm on medication for uh, a prostate problem and that can cause it so maybe that's all it is and I, in fact if it hadn't been for Vicky uh, my wife I would not have gone to see the doctor so that lump probably would have got larger till I noticed it, <laughs> really noticed it, um, and probably that would have been too late. So, yes, as a male, I would not have done anything about it. Yeah. And that was a mistake. That must be common, John. Yeah, and that's what I, I tend to find, that men, um, number one, they, um, you know, will they go to their general practitioner? Um, so some delay it themselves, some have delayed by the system, Either the imaging comes back as a fatty lump and a biopsy is not done. But it sounds like in Phil's case, you didn't delay too long. Vicky pushed you along. and um, But generally, there seems to be, and the research shows there's, there's two types of, um, of men in some ways, those who conceal it and really um, are quite confronted by the scar and it affects them going to the beach or the swimming pool. Um, there's others who, you, you know, um, are prepared to talk about it, um, like we're talking about it today. And it it can be um, a source of being teased is, you know, you've got to, you know, I didn't realise that occurred in men. That's a female disease. Are you feminine? You know, there's a there's some often connotation with it. And, of, um, some, and some psychological studies have even found, you know, issues of contested masculinity and and then difficulties with interacting with the health services. You, you know, can the man go in and have a mammogram? Um, and and there's, there's obviously all the normal things that men with cancer have to deal with and women with cancer, um, body image issues, fear of recurrence, fatigue, 
um, the, the normal stuff that uh, weight gain can happen with chemotherapy and, and hormone therapy, mm. including loss of um, interest in sex, for example, and sex drive. Well, I'm sure, John, if I'd been a, uh, a young male, I would have been quite devastated. Uh, being elderly, uh, it's not such an issue uh, because I don't get around with my shirt off much. But if I'd been a young male, I would have been deeply embarrassed with... with and, and, John, is that, do you find it is very much particular to the age that a man is diagnosed and whilst we know about the possibilities of reconstruction for women, what are the options for men? In terms of reconstruction? Um... Yeah, so what, what are the options post-surgery? As with um, Phil, he had a single mastectomy. He elected not to have reconstruction. What are, what are the options for perhaps younger men that do like to go to the beach and are self-conscious of any disfigurement? Look, it, it, is a, it, it can be a problem for um, some men. And, and like you know, breast cancer women, some women are fine with a mastectomy and other women um, obviously, uh, you, you know, very distressed by it and the, the physical disability. And But there is a, um, a feeling that men don't worry um, about their they haven't got a breast, but it's not true. And many, and many men. Um, um, in fact, one study found that forty percent of men don't like looking at themselves anymore after a mastectomy scar. So um, I, I think there's some often men are patronised and said, well, you, you know, you don't have a breast anyway. Why are you worried about? But it is a scar. It is a daily reminder. Um, you, you know, when you have your shower in the morning, you look, look at yourself in the mirror that you've had cancer. So it, it, it can um, bring back recurring thoughts. It can make you worry, um, difficulty concentrating and so on. What are the options? There, there have been studies um, of breast conservation, and, and that may sound silly, but that, you know, can we conserve the breast in men? But certainly if, if a man um, finds a tiny lump and it can be removed just with a lumpectomy, most men have radiotherapy after a mastectomy, so you can still do a lumpectomy and give radiotherapy. And for some men, we can avoid doing the armpit operation if we can detect it early enough. Most lumps in men occur around the nipple or around the areola, which is the dark section around the nipple. And if it does feel uh, asymmetrical or abnormal, particularly on one side, or if there's a nipple discharge, then um, early detection may mean breast conservation, lumpectomy and radiotherapy. Not normally done in Australia, um, but it can be done. And there have been case reports in my book, Male Breast Cancer Taking Control. I do uh, have a picture of a man who had a nipple-sparing mastectomy. And this is very common now in, uh, for women in Australia where there's oncoplastic breast surgeons who can remove all the inside of the breast and keep the skin and the nipple, and then we can give radiotherapy um, to that area. So that, that has been done um, in case reports. And, and I think as we detect breast cancer earlier in men, it may be an option for Australian men. I know this isn't relevant for Phil because you already had a family, but John, does treatment affect male fertility as it does women? Well, it can do. And, and look, the average age of male breast cancer, um, um, Phil, how old are you? 
I'm, I was 63 when I was diagnosed. I'm 64 now. Yeah. yeah. It's generally in the 60s or late, you know, the average age is, is 69 to 70 um, for men and about 60 in, in women. But, but of course, you, you know, men have second relationships. Often, you know, it could be with a younger woman. It could be um, first relationship. Um, but, of course, when you look at the incidence of male breast cancer, it can occur at a younger age. It can, you know, there have been case reports in the 30s. I've, my, the youngest man I've seen has been in his 40s. Um, but you do read case reports of men in their 30s and even 20s who, who develop breast cancer. So fertility is an issue, particularly if you're having chemotherapy, um, and, and that can cause uh, genetic damage as well in sperm. And what, you know, what the American Society of Clinical Oncology um, guidelines, and they were last updated um, in 2013, um, is really, is, you know, sperm banking um, cryopreservation is the only established uh, fertility method before chemotherapy starts. And, and if someone's on tamoxifen, um, certainly in women we say stop it for three months before um, you, you, you know, you try and conceive and, and the same would apply in men. BCNA's helpline provides a free, confidential phone and email service for people diagnosed with breast cancer. BCNA's experienced team will help with your questions and concerns and provide relevant resources and services. Call 1800 500 258 or email contact at bcna.org.au. Phil, could you tell us you pointed to some of the challenges with just the daily treatment and and the whole physical and psychological impact that had on you. Did you feel like you were drowning in a sea of pink as a male? Well, not not really because I grew up in a family of with three sisters and no brothers, so I was drowning in a sea of pink <laughs> from, from the start of life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, no, not really. But I did find, you know, when I was going for radiation treatment that I was sitting in amongst uh, males and females and uh, uh, the, the males were all there for prostate cancer. And so I didn't actually tell them what I was having my treatment for. But Was that a conscious decision? Um, possibly not. It might, uh, it might have been just an unconscious decision. I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah. It- you pointed to that earlier too, John, that sometimes a man, you know, rightly or wrongly, gets that feeling that their masculinity is being uh, focused on because they've they've got a got breast cancer, and that whole stigma, like you said, could either point to them not getting something checked out, but also possibly not reaching out to talk to others when they need that support. Yeah, and I think that's a good word, uh, stigma, but it, um, it, it does apply to males with other cancers and females with cancer. It's, it's you know, suddenly you're labelled you're, you're a cancer patient. And um, so we're getting better at resources for male breast cancer and better awareness, but in the past it was um, difficult. And, you know, some of the research... I remember when I wrote my book, uh, Male Breast Cancer Taking Control, there was a a fascinating study about this. And, you know, the the odd man that I had with breast cancer, I might try, I thought I was helping them by saying, oh, look, we'll we'll schedule your mammogram appointment um, at a time when, um, so you don't have to hang around with all these women, you know, and 
potentially embarrass you, but what I'd read in some of the psychological research is that we were reinforcing the fact that they were different um, and making it potentially worse for them. So I don't know, Phil, if you had any of those experiences or did you have a mammogram and was it a bit unusual with mammogram? No, not no, not that. But I, I have to admit that uh, there was a breast care nurse in Hobart, uh, I'm on the, I live on the northwest coast, who gave me a lot of information and contact and provided a lot of support. Um, she provided two things which I would highly recommend to any male or female, and that was uh, a bag to carry the, um, drain, uh, the drain from your surgery in, which you have to carry around for quite a few days after the surgery, uh, up to 10 days, I think. And uh, and also a, a little pillow which you put under your arm, especially shaped pillow, and that that was an absolute godsend for travelling back in the car from the hospital, from the journey from Hobart back to Devonport, and also in bed at night because it just helped to release the pain between the arm and the scar. What were some of the other challenges you faced? Uh, well. Straight after the surgery, uh, the first challenge was when I got home was uh, having a shower. Um, now, I could do that, but it was difficult to dry myself in the first few days and also very difficult to dress myself. So I, I needed the help of my wife there. Um, I did have a community nurse drop in on a regular basis, and I guess they would have dropped in more regularly if um, I wasn't, if I'd been single. Um, you do need help. You need someone to assist you. You need someone to be able to drive you somewhere. Um, and that was another thing, uh, driving over to Burnie for the radiation every day. I couldn't do that by myself near the end because I was getting too tired and it was, uh, it was fairly sore as well. Um, Phil, I'd imagine that is quite a common male trait uh, to not being willing to ask for help when you actually really need both the emotional support as well as yes. the physical uh, support yes. after major surgery. It's still major surgery, is it not, John? Of course, yes, of course it is. And, um, and radiotherapy is um, tiring as well. And, um, and um, I think... Um, you know, that redness you spoke about, that five weeks of treatment, the daily drive, you, you get a lot of fatigue. And I have to say there are a lot of services out there to help you. Um, but you've got to... Google not being no, one No, 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 Google's not um, one. But you've got, to, you've got to contact them. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a cancer uh, council uh, and they provide uh, driver services for people to take them to treatment, which came a bit of a crash down because of COVID, caused a few hassles um, in unavailability. Uh, and there are, uh, as I said, the community nurse, and there's also access to um, um, social uh, welfare people at the hospital, or I, I was given access. If they, you know, we want help with things like um, uh, accessing money or um, disability aids if you needed a walking stick or something like that. Is there anything you, you would do differently? 
as a as a word of encouragement or support to someone who might be about to embark on the breast cancer journey? Um, the fir first thing I'd do differently, uh, I was a little bit laid back and it was partly because of COVID. Uh, I would uh, go the path that my wife had to go through and that's speed. Um, and also, I would also say that don't be, I mean, I was lucky I had my wife, Vicky, had gone through cancer, but don't be afraid to get help. Ask people for help. You need someone. You need someone. Even if it's just to talk to someone, you need someone to give you a hand through this process. You can't do it yourself. Mm. John, any recommendations specifically for men? Look, I think um, obviously the... Um, the information from the BCNA on male breast cancer is important. I know um, they used to um, have their own little booklet and they used to give a copy of my book out. I think it's all electronic these days. but Yes, it's on My Journey Online tool. But, yes, we, all, we still have all those fantastic resources. Is there any... Yeah, anything specific that you would say to men who are either thinking about, well, obviously you need to be vigilant and don't delay, but once diagnosed? Look, I think with most um, situations is breast cancer is not an emergency, so take time to read about your options. Um, the, the breast cancer didn't happen overnight. It could have taken you know, perhaps several years or several months to develop. Um, get the right advice and um, go slowly um, and reach out. And, and the reality is most of us rely on on, um, on our family, um, our partner, wife, um, and, and friends for support. Then we've got um, nurses and professional staff on the ground, your general practitioner, of course, the McGrath breast care nurses, your specialist team, of course. And, but, you know, the reality is once that treatment finishes, it's, it's often like the umbilical cord is, um, is cut and, and then you might start getting um, ups and downs, fear of recurrence, issues with side effects of uh, tamoxifen and um, weight gain and so on. And often it's at those times you may need to reach out uh, for other help. It might be again, nurses, it might be psychologists, it could be... Um, you know, changing your goals and direction in life. It could be mindfulness and um, and but making sure you continue to have a good diet, exercise and, and going for your regular checks is also yeah, important. I'd, I'd agree with that. Get on with life. Um, I, I was lucky in that um, I had a, a good uh, surgeon who I'm still in contact with and who's overseeing everything. It wasn't the actual surgeon who did the operation, but my original surgeon. So normal routine is is very important, even after the operation, to try and get back into you know walking, doing a bit of exercise. Um, I'm now seeing a physiotherapist because of possible lymphedemia, um, and she's given me also strengthening exercises to do for the area. So... Uh, these are all things you can help you uh, and keep in contact with your doctors. Hmm. 
Yeah, good advice. Thank you both for being up front with us today about men and breast cancer, an episode produced with thanks to Dry July. If you or someone you know would like some more information, BCNA has many resources available. Head to the website bcna.org.au or download the My Journey online tool or call our helpline. As always, the opinions of our guests are welcome but not necessarily shared by BCNA. For any individual concerns, it's always best to contact your health professional. I'm Kelly Curtin. It's good to be upfront with you.